printed material and manuscript. So Father God, be with me now as me and technology who had our differences have to come together for the purpose of preaching. So I seek your face, I seek your goodness, and I seek your guidance, but most of all, I'm leaning on you because you are thou great Jehovah who provides grace. Now, God, move Willie Earl Wade Jr. out of the way and let the salvation offered by Jesus Christ be seen, be heard, and be felt by these your people. In Christ Jesus' name we pray, amen. Uh, bear with me for, as I said, I am handicapped. My son Justin loves using his tablet to uh, do his sermons. I'm old-fashioned. If I'm going to use a manuscript, I still like paper with ink on it. But nevertheless, we are going to try to move through this as expeditiously as possible. In the 8th chapter and the 34th verse of Mark, Jesus says in fiat, those who are going to follow me, regardless of race, creed, color, station in life, social, political, party, or anything, sex or sexuality, you're going to have to take up your cross and follow me. The hymnologists of old ask the question, must Jesus bear the cross alone and all the world go free? The chorus comes back, no, there's a cross for everyone. There's a cross for you, and there is a cross for me. And Jesus is facing his disciples, and he's informing them that he got a goal to prepare a place for them, and, and, and there will be some crosses that they have to bear. There will be some trials and tribulations. There will be some tests that they will have to take. There will be some infirmities that they're going to have to suffer. There are going to be some things that they're going to have to go through. But, but there are these seven crosses that they are going to have to bear. In life, there are seven areas in our life where we must bear a cross. A cross that no one else can carry. These crosses must be carried by the individual and carried as best they can carry or to the best of their ability. It is a necessity that, that they carry the cross with great care, concern, and effort, and it must be done unparalleled to any other effort uh, that we place other things in our lives. These seven are supreme and lead to a full and complete life of every human being but certainly every true believer. And in fact, it is impossible and a fallacy to say that you are a believer and not strive daily to carry your cross and to carry it with joy. For it was his joy to bear Calvary's cross for you and I. It pleased God, the writer says, to have him suffer and like a sheep before his shearers, he stayed silent. And so the seven crosses that we have to bear, they come to us every day. And there are some crosses that you can try to get others to bear, but, but these crosses, you have to bear them yourself each and every day. For if you do not, you cannot have a full and complete life. 
you have a life filled with ups and downs and trials and tribulations and misery that are even worse and that are self-inflicted if one dares to shock his or her responsibility on bearing these seven crosses. What are the seven crosses? Well, the seven crosses are the cross of physical health, the cross of mental health, the cross of family health, the cross of financial health, the cross of vocational health, the cross of social health, and last but not least, the cross of spiritual health. Uh, in other words, uh, sociologists and scientists and theologians agree, and they call these the seven essential elements of life, the, the seven areas, that divine number in which man and woman must strive every day in order to have a life filled with joy and completeness. These elements are biblical and divinely ordered to be carried by the children of God or Israel on earth. As evidence in the Levitical codes of to Israel in her infancy stage, as well as throughout the Bible, given by Jesus himself, as well as Paul. If you don't mind, I'm going to move as expeditiously as I can. Let's take a brief, brief look at them and what the Word of God prescribes for us in carrying our cross in these areas and how to carry our cross. First, one must carry the cross of physical health. For, for, for the Roman writer reminds us to present our bodies as a living sacrifice. The question is, if you had a different body than the one you had, if somebody else had your body and you had a better body, would you trade your body for that body? In other words, if you had the body of an Adonis and somebody came to you with your body, would you make that trade? Because you see, if our body is a living sacrifice to God, then some of us are sacrificing. <laughs> I wish I was praying with me. Some of us are sacrificing some poor stuff. I, I know I got to work on my body. I know I got to lose a few pounds. I know that I got to drop some weight and hold up because I want to present God with my very best. Listen, listen, listen how obedience is connected to your health, obedience to the word of God. Exodus 15 and 26 says, if you will diligently listen to the voice of the Lord, your God, and do, and do that which is right in his eyes, and give ear to his commandments, and keep his statutes, that I will not put none of the diseases on you that I put on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord your in other words, if you follow the dietary codes, if you follow my laws, if you follow my statutes, if you do what I tell you to do, then, then there's some things that you won't experience. We experience high blood pressure and cholesterol and heart attack and disease all at an even more alarming rate when African Americans get a disease that is far worse like the COVID virus, it does us far worse than anybody else because our health, we do not do a good job of carrying the cross of our health. Uh, 
we ought to look closely at not just doing the Daniel fast, but looking at the Daniel dietary habits on a daily basis. Uh, Matthew 17 talks about this was done to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet. He took our illness and bore our diseases when Jesus was healing those persons who had physical ailments. And so our physical health is just as important to the Lord as is our mental. <coughs> Philippians, when it comes to our mental health, reminds us, 4, 6, and 7, be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds. In other words, if you're going to pray, don't worry. If you're going to worry, don't pray. Listen to what the right says in Philippians. Let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. Jesus didn't have worrying in his mind. He didn't have anxiety in his mind. He didn't have frustration in his mind. Isaiah 41 and 10 tells us, do not fear, for I am with you. Do not anxiously look about you. For I am your God, I will strengthen you. Surely I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. I told you this story before. One time I was carrying Dustin and he knew about an injury that I had to my left hand. And I was carrying him and we were about to cross the street. And, and Justin said, Daddy, put me down. And I put him down and he said, now pick me up with your right hand. I picked him up and I held him with my right hand and he put his arms around my neck and we crossed the street. And when we got across the street, I said, Justin, why did you ask me to put you down with my left hand and pick you up with my right hand? Was, was there something hurting you? Was it awkward? He said, no, daddy, I remember you said that you had an injury to your left hand. And we were crossing the street and it was snowing ice on the street, and so I wanted you to hold me with your strong hand. I wanted you to hold me with the hand that I know wouldn't let go, and so that's why I asked you, Daddy, hold me with your right hand, and I stopped by to tell somebody, I don't know who this is for, but God is holding you with his right hand. God is blessing you with his right hand. God is carrying you with his right hand. He's covering your mother. He's covering your father. He's covering your sister and your brother, and he's with the might and the righteousness of his right hand. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. He's, he's healing you and delivering you with his right hand. So don't worry about a thing. Because every little thing going to be all right. But not only is God concerned about our physical health and our mental health, but then he's concerned with our family health, the health of our relationships, that our household be unified. Listen to what Joshua tells the Israel, Israelite, the Hebrew children as they come going into a new land, and he tells them all the options they can have, but he says it definitively, but as for me and my house, we go and serve the Lord. It is important that a family worship together, that a family together, that our family prays together, that our family give God thanks together. Listen, listen, 
what the Ephesian writer writes, that we don't really like to hear the scripture, spare the rod, spoil the child. We like to hear the scripture that says, uh, honor thy father and thy mother that thy days may be long upon the earth. And we treat our children sometimes any kind of way. But we forget that Ephesians 6 and 4 reminds us, fathers, provoke not your children to anger, but bring them up in the fear and admonition of the Lord. Now, let me break that scripture down. We think that means here saying to us, for us to bring our children up in the fear and admonition of the Lord, teaching them the fear and the admonition of the Lord. What he's doing is he's talking to the parents saying, you ought to use God's principles in your parenting. You ought, to, you ought to use God's ways in your parenting. You ought to fear God and use the fear and ammunition. You ought to have the fear and ammunition of the Lord inside of you while you are raising. So I wish somebody was praying with me. While you are raising your children. And then you can train them up in the ways in which they must go and they shall never depart from you. But not only is God concerned with our physical health, our mental health, and our family health, but then God is concerned with our financial health. It is the fourth cross that we must bear. Genesis 13 and 2 reminds us that Abraham became wealthy in livestock and in silver and in gold. Well, how did he get that way? Malachi tells us to bring the whole tithe into the storehouse of the Lord, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, and says the Lord, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out much blessing that there will be no room enough to store it. See, some of us don't want to give God or the church or ministry anything. We just want to get all we can get. And, and, and Luke, Luke, Luke tells us something. Luke says, Give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your lap. For with measure, for with what measure you use, it will be measured to you. In other words, some people want to give a little and want God to give a whole lot. Don't go saying I'm a prosperity preacher. I'm trying to tell you one of the crosses that we must bear is a financial cross of us prospering so that we can be a blessing to others and be a blessing to the ministry of God, to be a blessing to the ministry of kingdomness. But not only is there the physical cross, not only is there the mental cross, not only is there the family cross, but then there is and the financial cross, but then there is the vocational cross. Listen, 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 listen if you will. To Paul in 2 Thessalonians 3, 10 through 14. For even when we were with you, this we commanded you, that if any would not work, neither should he eat. We hear that some among you are idle and disrupt. They are not busy. They are busy five. Now them that are such, we command and exhort by our Lord Jesus Christ, that with quietness, they work and eat their own bread. But ye, brethren, be not weary in well-doing. And if any man obeys not our word by this epistle, note that man and have no company with him that he may be ashamed. I tell you, you ought to get them lazy folk around you. I don't understand how women who call themselves women of God 
me up and lay around with men all day long. He take your car drive, you to work, and he come back home and don't do nothing. Is he sick? Is he afflicted? Is he capable of working? Nowadays, you can get a job at home doing telemarketing. You ought to get a vocation and a job that blesses your family. You ought to bear the vocational cross. Invest in a business of some sort. But do something to add and to produce and provide to the productivity of your family and get a job that you love. Stop getting these jobs that you hate. Watch what Ecclesiastes 9 and 10 says. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. For the realm of the dead where you are going, because we will die, there is neither working or planning nor knowledge or wisdom. In other words, life is too short to be at a dead-end job. Life is too short to be at a job that's miserable. Life is too short to be with co-workers and working with people that you can't stand them and they can't stand you. Get you a vocation. Get you a job. Get you a career that you wake up every morning loving to go there. There is the vocational cross. And so there is the physical cross. Of our, the cross of our physical health. There is the cross of our mental health. There is the cross of our family health. There is the cross of our vocational health. Then there is the cross of our social health. Listen to what Paul said in Romans 12, 18 through 20. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, Live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, it's mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. In, in doing so, you will heap burning coals upon his head. In other words, Paul is saying, uh, you don't have to be a social butterfly, but how you handle social matters are important. And there is this cross of social matters that we must bear. And so there is a cross of our physical health. There is a cross of our mental health. There is a cross of our family health. There is this cross of our financial health. There is this cross of our vocational health. There is this cross of our spiritual health, but then finally, my brothers and my sisters, lastly, the most important, there is this spiritual cross. The most important cross that man must bear is the cross for spiritual health and soul salvation. This cross, unlike the other six, no man can escape it. This cross, unlike the other six, no man can ask another one to carry or to bear. You can work for your children and they don't have to work. You can hire a physical trainer and they don't have to uh, do physical fitness. You can give them a pill and they can keep doing physical fitness. You can get them the best psychologist and therapist there is and they get pills for them and they'll be chilled out their mental state. You can do all 
of the other six, you can make your children a social butterfly and shun them from the world so they don't have to be around anybody. But, but this cross right here, the cross of salvation, this spiritual cross, it, it's got to be carried through the storms of life. It must be carried on the good days and on the bad days. You cannot put it down or exchange it for another person's cross. For the cross of salvation and spiritual living, according to God's word, is designed for each individual. I'm almost done and I'm ready to head on home now. Paul reminds us, yes, he does, in Philippians 2 12 through 13. Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but of much more in my absence, I need you to work out your own soul salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God which worketh in you both to his will and to do his good pleasure. In other words, what Paul is saying is that uh, I can't get you into heaven on my credentials. And uh, God will answer a prayer for you from me, but, but I can't get you into heaven on my credentials. I, I had to wash in the blood of the Lamb for myself, and I had to bear my crosses for myself. I, I had to go on my journey for myself. And I had to do what God assigned me to do. I, I couldn't do somebody else's job. And nobody else can do my job. And so I had to bear my cross off by myself. And I had to carry my cross on good days. I had to carry my cross on bad days. I had to carry my cross when they talked about me. I had to carry my cross when they lied on me. I had to carry my cross when I was down and out. I had to carry my cross with no money in my pocket. I had to carry my cross when I had it all and when I had nothing at all. But I found it all joy for I carried my cross like a good soul. I'm going to close when I tell you this. The record is that a man woke up one morning. And he told his wife that he was going to go buy him a new cross. That uh, the cross he had been carrying was too heavy. The cross he had been carrying slowed him down. The cross he had been carrying uh, lacked maneuverability and messed with his agility. The cross he was carrying prevented him from going certain places and doing certain things. And he was tired of this rugged cross because every now and then if he moved a certain way, it would prick him. Every now and then if he stepped a certain way, it would touch him. And so he, he decided, I'm going to get rid of this old rugged cross. I'm, I'm going down to the cross maker shop and I'm going to get me a new cross. His wife said, well, have your breakfast, honey, and go head on down the cross maker shop and when you come back bring some milk and a few other things. The man got up and went down to the cross maker shop. He went to the only the best cross maker shop in town. 
He said, I heard that you are the best cross maker for miles and miles around. The gentleman said, yes, sir, what can I do? He said, I want to train in this old rugged cross. I'm tired of it. It's too heavy. It's weighing me down. It has no maneuverability. I was telling the wife how it holds me back in places I want to go. I can't go in things I want to do sometimes I can't do because I'm carrying this old rugged cross. The shopkeeper, without looking up, said to him, sir, just lay your cross over there and go ahead around the shop and look for you a cross and let me know if you find something. The man went from one cross to the next. Short crosses, tall crosses, wide crosses, big crosses. Crosses of gold, crosses of steel, crosses of wood, crosses made out of everything there was. And after two hours in the shop, finally out of the corner of his eye, he saw, leaning over there, gleaming and sparkling and shining. And he told the man, I see. I want that cross right there. The man said, sir, are you sure you want that cross? He said, yeah, I can tell by the look of that cross that, that that cross was made for me. The man said, sir, are you sure you want that cross? The man said, yeah, can you bring it here? Let me try it on. Shopkeeper brought the cross to the man, and the man put it on his shoulder. And he said, mm, this is a perfect fit. I can move as light as a feather. I can shake this way, and I can... Go that way, I can feel my agility and my flexibility coming back. Man, this is a perfect cross. It was as if you designed this cross just for me. How much do I owe you, sir? The shopkeeper said, sir, you don't owe me anything for that cross. The man said, no, this, this cross is too perfect. I got to give you something. The man said, no, sir, you don't owe me anything for that cross. The man says, sir, I'm going to ask you one last time. How much do I owe you? I'll pay any price because this cross is perfect for me. The man said, no, sir, you don't owe me anything for the cross. The man began to walk to the door and he looked back at the man and said, sir, can you tell me why you giving me this cross that I don't owe you anything for it? He said, sir, because that's the cross you came in here with. That, that was the cross that was designed for you 2,000 years ago at Calvary. That's the cross you've been carrying your whole life. That, that's your cross to bear. And, and Christ paid the price for you to carry that cross. Christ paid the strength in you to carry that cross. Christ paid to redeem you to be able to carry that cross. And so, sir, you're leaving with the same cross that you came in here with it. I have to agree with the hemologist for Jesus bears the cross of the Lord and all the world go free. Oh, there's a cross for everyone. There's a cross for you and for me. And so every now and then you might have to sit your cross down, but pick it up and keep on going. Every now and then you might have to lead it aside the wall, but pick it up and keep on going because you have a burden bearer and a Load sharer in Jesus Christ, and I stop by to tell somebody, get your cross on your good days, and get your cross on your bad days, and get your cross when your friends start talking about you, and get your cross.
laid up for you and I. And that's the importance of kingdom lifting in the fallen world. That we bear our cross with joy. We bear our cross with gladness. And every now and then we get to put it down and get our strength back. But that cross was designed for you at Calvary. That old rugged cross is yours. Amen. God bless you. Heaven smile on you. Thank you for joining us. Let me pray for you and with you as we as we close out another